Hello and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast, a show where we bring you insights from media industry experts to help journalists do their jobs better. I'm your host, Jacob Granger. News organisations ultimately seek to produce journalism which goes beyond the pages of their publication. One way they can have real-world impact, as we'll discuss today, is through purpose campaigns. Women's Health is one of the most well-known lifestyle publishers with a core mission to empower women, and it's owned by Hearst. Since 2018, Women's Health has led the way and been part of many company-wide purpose campaigns. That work sees them conduct research on the issues facing their readers, in their case, women. From there, they produce editorial content which speaks to their readers' needs, whilst also collaborating with commercial partners to work towards real-world solutions. Today, we'll be chatting to Claire Sanderson, Editor-in-Chief of Women's Health UK, about all the work that goes into making these campaigns a success, from knowing what subjects to pursue, to the role of editorial in bringing campaigns to life. We're going to chat much more about all of this, so don't go anywhere. Claire, welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast. Thank you so much for jumping on the show. Thank you for having me. What a lovely day it is today. <laughs> yeah, it's it's getting there, isn't it? It's um, fully uh, in, in midsummer and enjoying it. Um, would you share a little known fact uh, about yourself with our audience, please? A little known fact about me is that I used to host um, the breakfast show at my local hospital radio. Um, where I would go onto the maternity ward and get requests from the women who had just given birth and then recant them to Aberdeer Hospital, where I would congratulate them on their on the arrival of their their newborns and, and play lots of fun 80s music. Well, this was when I was about 17, 16, 17. So it was in the 90s, but generally the 80s music is what the requests were. So there's a lot of Hall and Oates and Lionel Richie and all that type of jazz. So it's a great gig to cut your teeth uh, on the industry, Claire. I loved it. I always knew I wanted to work in the media from a very young age. Uh, so I got myself a lot of experience across different parts of the media. So hospital radios, you've just heard. Um, I used to work at music magazines, intern at um, a magazine called Mix Mag and Music, which was spelled M-U-Z-I-K, sort of dance music. And um, I, I started my career in newspapers. I did radio for PA. So I've been all around the shop before I landed up where I am today. All around the shop. Um, is there a favourite story that you ran whilst at the hospital radio? Oh, I can't remember. All, all I can remember is the the fabulous music because I'm I'm an '80s child, and still to this day, I'm constantly listening to Heart '80s. So um, I just remember the fun I had, and I think I'm an I'm an old soul at heart as well. So I love just chatting to all the women who seemed quite old to me at the time, and in reality, they were probably in their like late twenties, early thirties. I used to love just sitting with them and cuddling their babies or cutching. As you can tell, I'm Welsh, so it's always a cutch for me. Cutching their babies and, and then just playing fabulous music. I used to love it. Fun fact about me, I actually made uh, my local newspaper when I was born. Right. Um, because my mother's birthday was Christmas Day and mine is New Year's Day. Oh, and some yeah. local journalists picked that up. So, yeah, uh, babies make for great news stories, don't they? Well, I worked for my local weekly newspaper. My first ever job uh, was on my local weekly newspaper in South Wales called the Cannon Valley Leader. Loved it. Great. Awesome. Women's Health, owned by Hearst, launched a campaign in 2018 called In Shape, My Shape. 
It started life as an editorial campaign, putting naked women on the front cover of Women's Health's international issues to promote the beauty of women while simultaneously launching a global survey into body confidence. The survey findings were alarming, revealing that British women had the second lowest body confidence of the 13 countries surveyed. Off the back of that research, Claire realised this was an issue that their readers were grappling with every day of their lives, so they started to include small, shareable, empowering slogan cards inside their magazines to boost their self-confidence. And this became an instant hit on social media, with celebrities even starting to share these messages of body positivity, and the campaign reached 37 million people. In Shape My Shape has also inspired Hearst's most successful company-wide campaign to date, Project Body Love. The difference now, as a purpose campaign, is that there's a large emphasis on creating content to tackle the issues that are surfacing from the research. They're also working with commercial brands and popular influencers as a multi-platform effort to improve their readers' relationships with their bodies. Subsequent surveys have shown what a difference this can make. Project Body Love has resulted in a 43% improvement in body confidence of British women, a huge uptick from just 6%. Let's go back to Claire to find out more. It's rooted in research. So to make sure that what we thought was true was actually true. So to back up the findings of that global email, we did so much research. We used the Hearst panel, which has 50,000 plus participants. We also did focus groups and um, surveys, etc. And the findings were depressing at best. You know, um, only 6% of British women think that they're beautiful. Nine out of 10 women said that they step out of life opportunities, such as social occasions, professional opportunities, when they feel that their body confidence is suffering. So we put together Project Body Love to really tap into the mindset because there'd been other campaigns out there that had celebrated women's body diversity. And I'm sure, you know, you've seen the pictures of women with different body shape in photo shoots. And that's all wonderful. But what we realised was mindset was key. And what came through in the research was that the inner critic was the biggest saboteur of our body confidence. So women were being so negative about themselves. Women were telling us they, they stand in the mirror and say, I hate myself. They, I look disgusting. My hips are, you know, awful. We were being so, so negative about ourselves. So the campaign was created to really tap into the mindset. So we did a podcast. We it went across all um, digital, social media, in print. We even did events, live events, uh, Project Body Love, um, Pop Up at Women's Health Live. And that, that all launched in 2018. And it was so successful. It's since lived across five Hearst brands, Cosmo, Red, L, Good Housekeeping and Women's Health. And we joined with commercial partners, which enabled us to make it bigger and better as each year has gone by. It's It strikes me that purpose campaigns um, seek to really understand on a research level the, the issues that your readers you know, grapple with and use the weight of the brand, the the, the context that you have, the, the size of your editorial teams to maybe chart away to to improving if 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 what you're finding out there isn't isn't great and particularly when you 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 as a brand stand for empowering women what is the starting point here and and how do you know what topics to pursue it's well they say editors are the original influencers because you know i i have my finger to the pulse and the topics start in editorial content you know they they start with the great ideas that are created um 
among the women's health team and we realise we're on to something and then we back that up with research and speaking to our community and sometimes we do quick and dirty surveys on our Instagram you know we just put questions on our Instagram stories and you'd be amazed the number of respondents we get to that like within hours we get thousands of responses just from the women's health audience alone it starts with the bra which is our most recent purpose campaign which we launched last year was actually born out of my own experience so as you can tell I I'm, I have a Welsh accent I'm from the South Wales Valleys a very deprived area in fact the village next to the one I grew up in is officially the most deprived in the whole of the UK so I come from very humble beginnings uh, and my my family all still live there and I see with my own eyes the effect deprivation can have on well-being and how people from these areas are so challenged in many areas of their lives. Well-being comes so far down the pecking order. But we know there's been so much research by wonderful organisations like This Girl Can that the lower life expectancy in these areas and um, obesity is endemic, other life-limiting diseases. So it starts with the bra was originally conceived by me because I wanted to try and make a difference and these women it, it can be as simple as they don't have the right kit to work out in and we know from Project Body Love actually that um, being concerned about the kit you're wearing and how you look was preventing people from exercising so we took a bit of that research into it started the bra and we, and we, we teamed up with, with Under Armour who came on board as a commercial partner because they had the same ambitions to to make wellness more widely um, available and we donated bras, 2,000 bras to various charities across the country so one for refugees, a women's refuge, uh, one was a, a, a gym in southeast London where women who from a lower socioeconomic bracket can come and work out for very little money or no money at all and we also then created lots of content, we made videos um, so they could do follow along videos at home and it was just giving these women the the confidence and also the information to, to start working out but that that campaign came from me just being socially aware and, and aware and looking around and realizing that there are many many women who are not as privileged as the core women's health reader who is already has the finance and the knowledge to engage in wellness. Mm. To me, that really underlines the need for a diversity of stories coming into the publication, because if there's a story which hits a nerve or strikes a chord with your audience, that can then be the catalyst for you to explore a campaign. Mm. Therefore, it must really be important to think about commissioning different writers, trying to tell stories that you might not otherwise think about, because it might actually give rise to an issue that you hadn't previously thought about. Yes, absolutely. And I've got some brilliant writers who work with me who write and commission content. And we're always trying to diversify the people who write for us and the topics that we cover. And obviously, we're a big brand, we're a growing brand on digital. So we have our bread and butter content online that we we have to furnish, you know, on, on a daily. So the fitness and the nutrition content, that's what gets us the clicks. But also to be a holistic health brand and to do service to our readers, we have to cover a, a broad um, range of topics. So I have writers in the background who are always working on different type of content. Claire says that ultimately, a purpose campaign seeks to make a positive difference in readers' lives. 
The other campaign Claire mentioned there, it starts with a bra, provided them necessary gym clothes for readers to start or restart their fitness journey. This also delivered considerable impact. 16% of lower income women aged 16 to 24 said that they've committed to using gyms in response to the campaign. While these are also wonderful, if not virtuous goals and outcomes to have, I'm also wondering what's in it for the news organisation itself. Claire says that the biggest benefit to come out of purpose campaigns is brand recognition. Well, I think it strengthens the brand because we are seen as a brand that is trying to do good, that is trying to make a difference. And we know that our core readers engage with this content um, alone. So um, it starts with the bar, generated 8.6 million impressions through Women's Health and the wider Hearst UK portfolio. So we know that our readers want us to be doing good and want us to have purpose. That's an accepted in the industry at the moment, that people are more likely to engage with brands, that they feel mirror their own values. And it would be far too simplistic for us just to pump out fitness and nutrition content constantly. We we have to be seen as an intelligent, responsible brand that is trying to make a difference. And I think that stands to reason that it's, um, it strengthens the the outlook of my brand and the perception of my brand. I imagine for readers it's also nice to simply be included in the editorial and to actually be seen in the data if that makes sense Mm. um they're not simply just being broadcasted to they are part of your coverage in that sense so women's health audience is a community um women like being part of a community they they're not afraid to call us out and they think we've done something wrong on social media you know that's the wonderful thing about social media it's very instant we get we get their opinions there but also they love telling us what they think we're doing well or what they think we could be doing to make our content better. It's all part of the community. I mentioned when we do quick and dirty Instagram surveys, we get thousands of responses. So, yes, they if they feel they've contributed to content in some way and they see that reflected back to them, then that increases this um this idea of community and and women especially we've done that we've done other research throughout the brand and it always comes back the community is really important to women's health readers we've you know we've we've set up facebook groups which overnight have almost had 12,000 um members you know they 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 just want to engage with each other because they see each other as like-minded women mm. the instagram one the polls um mm. is that in many ways uh, a good way to see how your audience feels about a subject before diving deeper into it and investing more energy into a campaign yeah exactly it's not something we wouldn't just solely rely on an instagram poll to create purpose campaign but it's a good it's a good starting point it's a good jumping off point where we can we can just test the water and see where we are and then see if we want to expend more energy on on exploring something yeah. You touched on it previously, but what is the role of partners in a purpose campaign? So the, the partners have to share the values. So we would never partner with a brand that didn't have a shared vision. But what the partners do is they allow us to make the campaigns bigger and better. So the the investment from the partners enables us to reach further and in the Project Body Love Days, we we did an activation, we've done events and we did a podcast and, and all these things, as I'm sure you know, are, are quite expensive to put together. So what a partner does is enables us to really bring the, the campaign 
to life and and broaden the reach as well because if they include the content on their platforms as well then you've got a double whammy in the number of people who are engaging with it because they're they're pushing as well aren't they yes um yeah one, one thing i'm really hot on is journalism which just goes beyond the page and i love your example there of under armor who actually provided the bras mm. so that people who are reading that and feel yes this is a problem i'm dealing with then have something concrete to actually take away with it and, and implement in their own lives yeah. um being able to have that real world impact is that something you normally seek in a partner as well yeah yeah that's yeah we we really want to i keep on saying this but we really want to make a change you want to action change and um it starts with the bra needed that the, the bra donation because th- these women needed that very real item to to start their fitness journey that was the whole ethos of the campaign so I don't think the campaign would have been nowhere near as impactful unless we had that element to it Mm, because you just you'd read the story you'd read the findings and think well now what you know yeah now what what can I what can I do with that 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 seems quite pertinent to me are there ever you know thinking about Mm. the relationship with partners what maybe are the boundaries that you put in place and and what does that arrangement look like? What I can say is that we would never do something that we weren't comfortable with. So if a partner was pushing for us to create some sort of content for the campaign, but we didn't feel that was right for the campaign or um, undervalued what we were were trying to achieve, we, we would simply say no. So when a partner comes on board with Hearst, they're coming on board because we're the experts in creating content. And we are, we create, you know, we've won so many awards for it starts of the bra and Project Body Love. So um, the boundaries are that we have the creative control of the campaign obviously with their input but we would never um uh, undermine editorial credibility to uh, to appease a partner yeah because you seek from them from what i'm sensing is to put their weight behind the campaign to like to push it out um resourcing where that makes sense like the like the bras and also just to place their brand alongside yours in that sense to to say you know we agree with this movement or campaign you know we we want to put our name next to it to add our credibility to it i suppose yes yes absolutely yes and we and we each bask in each other's glory then don't we yeah but it's it's a it's a it's a woman's health campaign or with project body love it's a hearst campaign that that they are part of but we're the ones who are creating the content Picking up on the on the point you you raise about values, which is quite interesting, when does it strike you that the values aren't aligned, and and what are the things you look out for? Again, it would be them asking us to create something that we weren't that we weren't comfortable with, that we felt was too surface level. If um, they started to, you know, strip the life out of our proposal, so we weren't able to action the original plan for the campaign, that would be an alarm bell for me. Because I feel if you go into partner with us, then we need to do the the campaign to its fullest and most impactful. Um, so I would, yeah, the the concern would be if they started to change the goalposts as as time went on. There's not much point in going much further if we're not on the same page from the start. Okay, so you have a goal, you have the research, you have the partners. Now what? You need content that you can start to push out to create some noise. Editorial content is crucial for a campaign which starts to move the needle. 
everything moves like clockwork at women's health, and Claire says that deadlines and timing is everything in the pre, during and aftermath of a campaign. We tend to come up with the ideas, we tend to come up with the content concepts, um, and we work out what's possible. And, and sometimes we work out, well, what would we do if we didn't have a partner? And what could we do with a partner? So, you know, there's, like, as I say, Project Body Love was a campaign before we had a commercial partner. So then we had to be realistic about what we could create without the extra resource, et cetera, including manpower. We're lean teams these days. So um, to bring these big partnerships to life, then we we have to have um, investment in, in terms of manpower as well. But the, the role the role of editorial is to bring the, the content to life across all the platforms. So have um, a holistic content plan that works across platforms, works on social and digital and um, magazine. How we're going to activate it? How will it look different in the magazine? Because magazine content is different. Digital content is different to social. So we yeah we need to work out the content plan accordingly. And because we work so far in advance on the magazine, so we're just putting September to bed and we're we're sort of mid-July. So we we work quite far in advance. We need to have a like a timeline in place. Fascinating. I feel like timing is super important and and, and trying to get everything, mm. you know, particularly if you're working with partners to make sure they are know know what you're putting out, how they can push it as well. So with um historically it would always be that you'd launch things in print but it started the raw actually launched on digital as did another smaller campaign we did last year which was purely editorial didn't have a commercial partner called reclaim your run we launched it in digital because you can launch it sooner that the the lead times in print are longer and commercial brands have you know q1 q2 q3 q4 targets and blah 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 so so we're latterly we've launched things in digital first and then followed it up with more in-depth content in print and that seems to be working quite well nice what's it like in the in the thick of the campaign when it's when it's going on well it's it's all sort of done by that stage because the 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 heavy lifting is in the prep and getting all the content ready to go. Um, you know, fun fact about the start of the bra campaign is that we had 2000 bras to disseminate. So that was um, that was <laughs> that was um, that they arrived and we certain members of staff had to go down to a warehouse and 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 send them all out. So, you know, that was a bit stressful and a bit hectic, but especially for a band like Women's South we're quite a small team so and we're but we're a very organized team very very organized we get a gold star from all the production hub and stuff like we are we are so on deadline Women's Health so we I make sure everything is done so far in advance so we we're just ready to go and it just needs to be up it just needs to be uploaded if it's on social or sent to press if it's in magazine I I, I suppose that's really important because you know, you don't want to be rushing to hit a deadline. You when you when you want to go live no. with the campaign, everything has to look sort of pristine and 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 right. So yeah, um, yeah. You, I'm guessing you'd recommend very firm deadlines. Yeah, yeah. All the artwork has to be signed off. If you have a commercial partner, it needs to be signed off by them. It all needs to look similar. You know, the bat. If we create badges, a so project body lab has its own round all as did it starts with the bra. We're to make sure that every piece of content that goes up is badged. So. It's, you know that it's part of the campaign um, and all that takes time. And there's a lot of 
hands involved in that as well. So you've got the the writers originally, you've got the sub editors, the designers, the creative director, you know, the production editor who's sending it to press. You've got the digital, the exec editor digital who's overseeing the stuff going on on um, the website, the social media manager overseeing stuff that's going on um, social media. Then you've got the commercial client, the commercial staff in Women's Health, the PR team. I mean, there's a there's a lot of people involved in making sure that this is all to the best standard it can possibly be, achieving what we want to do and going live on time. How do you think about closing the circle with your readers? And by that, I mean, if they've in, had an input in your story, how do you then say to them, well, you know, here's here's the fruits of our labour. This is what you've contributed towards. How do you then serve it back to them? We just communicate it with them. It's simple. Tell them if it's... Uh, what, yeah. what, what, what works best? Well, if it's if it's on if if it's a, you know a survey that we've done online, mm-hmm. we'll publish the results and say you spoke to us. Four thousand of you got in touch with us. This is what we learned with Project Body Love. That was constantly holding a mirror up to the audience because it was there was so much research in that that we kept on feeding it back to them. This is what we found out. We we and then we we turned all the findings to different pieces of content. So we try to give them a solution, give them some service to to act on. So we're not simply telling them, well you all feel rubbish about your body. There's a shame. We went back to them, you feel rubbish about your body. You know, we worked out it's your mindset. So this is what we are doing to improve your mindset. So when it when we realized it was their mindset was the issue, we created a body confidence course on That's so cool. um, it was a podcast it was a 28-day podcast we worked with a university for appearance research um in west um west england the one in bristol i can't remember the exact name uh, but we worked with them and we had a very high profile plus size model called jade jada cesar narrating it and it was short little episodes two three minutes long but it was an action that you needed to do that day. And it was designed that you did them in the morning when you were looking at the mirror, because that's when people were at their most critical about their appearance. And the idea was that by the end of the 28 days, your body confidence was improved because you've done these mantras and these exercises, et cetera. So, but that was born out of what the readers told us. So, so when we serve that up to them, we make sure we tell them why, why we're serving it up to you. You told us this, so we're giving you that. That must feel like just such a huge tick on your box when it when you think about your core mission of empowering women. Mm. You know, um, I imagine to be able to go back in that way and and serve that back to them. Yeah, I I, I can see how rewarding that must be for you. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah the, 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 the yeah the two the two campaigns are probably the highlights of my woman's health career um, because they they were so successful and we we know they made a difference. And we, we you know we are going to take them forward. And it's when you, when you know you've made a tangible difference, then that's that's a you know it's a lovely feeling. And after the campaigns run, I guess it's on to the next one. Yes, although we we're always looking at um, the state of play in terms of body confidence. So we're evolving Project Body Love. We're evolving. It starts with the bra. So we're 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 taking them forward. There'll be different because there's always there's always room for improvement so so they'll have other iterations in the future you think yes yes so it's not just a one-time campaign it has to it needs several cycles to keep hammering home that message 
because well, Project Body Love has been active since 2018 and then but there's different challenges being thrown at women to do with their body confidence so the pandemic had a huge impact on women's body confidence because we're sat on Zoom all the time and being confronted with our image more than we ever have before so then women's body confidence took a battering because of that and we've got a cost of living crisis um here it's not even approaching this here so i uh, there's definitely more work that it starts with the bra needs to do in that space so there's you know society involves life evolves and we'll evolve with it and can you leave our audience with a couple of best tips from what you've found with your um success with campaigns purpose campaigns be authentic sounds very obvious but i think a lot of people especially in publishing and the media forget that very basic rule be authentic to your brand partner with a brand that's authentic to you and have a tangible target and don't make it too niche make your objective broad but achievable and you're more likely to get a bigger traction on it if if your if your intention is a bit too niche then or you know it's so niche that you're not going to encourage many brands to be interested in partnering with you then you might struggle to get it off the ground broad but achievable love that yeah Claire yeah thanks so much for this uh thanks for jumping on the podcast and sharing all of your insights we'll definitely keep an eye out for more of your purpose campaigns in the future thank you so much for having me loads and loads of practical tips and important messages there my main takeaway is to start broad and go directly to your readers to get inspiration on which specific core mission to focus on You can do quick polls to get an early impression of topics your audience cares about as the basis for deeper and further research. Find brands which share your values and will put their weight behind your content without interfering too much, but crucially are willing to put their money or their products where their mouths are. What are your thoughts? Is your team doing anything similar or slightly different? I'd love to hear from you. You can DM or tweet me at JPG Journalism or the wider team at journalism.co.uk at journalism news. If you'd like to feature on the show or you've got a topic or story you want us to cover on the podcast, please do get in touch. I'm on jacob at journalism.co.uk. And finally, if you like what you heard today, you can check out more of our episodes on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple Podcasts by searching and subscribing to the journalism.co.uk podcast. That way, you won't miss our next exciting episode where we speak to Vicky Gale and Rachel Hamada from the Bureau Local about its community journalism listening project, Local Week going to be a super interesting one that you won't want to miss but that's all we have time for this week i've been your host jacob granger thanks so much for listening until next time